Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast. The show, I don't even know what to say anymore. The show, we talk Coming about at travel. Ya. Coming at you from EPOP HQ up in our office. We are talking about travel, even though we're not traveling. Yeah, I feel like I've said that every time, and it's like, it's still true. Yeah, it's still still true. true. Still in our house quarantine. But that's okay, because we're talking about travel to give you wanderlust, not to make you feel bad about not traveling, but to just say, hey, this mm-hmm. is going to come back. We're all going to be traveling. Let's Absolutely. talk about it. Let's enjoy it. It's a hobby for all of us. It's something we all love. So we can still talk about it, despite the fact that maybe we can't do it right now. Absence makes the heart grow fonder also. That's right. So today, Pat, tell them what we're doing. We are still answering the reader questions from the Ask Us Anything that we did on Instagram. We got an overwhelming response. This is the third episode of this Ask Us Anything. And we are doing five questions today as well, because the past couple uh, podcasts, episodes have been a little on the longer form even though they're supposed to be short form but today we're doing five questions and some of these are quick quick answers i think as you said are there any (laughs) quick answers yeah we did the first one with 10 questions and it went a little long so now we're breaking up into five questions Mm -hmm. thank you for everyone who answered questions or asked asked questions questions. let's just hop right into it Mm -hmm. our quarantine diary part three of the ask us anything question number one Best travel car seat for older babies. So this, this comes from at Carrie underscore camp. Yes. Thanks. Correct. And she did say in her message that she had or has the Duna, but that her baby is almost growing out of it now. Love the Duna. <laughs> if you have a little kid, what basically under two, right? No, no, no. One. Under one. Yeah. The Duna. Maybe one and a half. If they're small, the yeah. Duna is the best. So if you got a little kid and you're traveling, it's a car seat and a stroller in one. It's yeah. one of the most fantastic inventions any human has ever made when it comes it, to traveling with kids. It is incredible, but it is an infant car seat. Yeah. So depending on the length, the width, um, the 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 weight is pretty high. I forget what it is. Thirty three pounds or something. But it's more about length when they start growing. Um, they just their height is too. So if you have long. a short fat baby, he might be okay. <laughs> Uh, but Wit was just an averagely growing human, so he was able to stay in it for about 15 months, and he was getting really snug in it when we were in Colorado last year. That was the last time that we used the Duna for Wit. So, so when that's not answering the question, that, yes. but that's to say if you have an infant, get the Duna yes. if you're going to be traveling yes. a lot. It's a lifesaver. The What we use for a travel car seat for you know a toddler, we just got a cheap, but safe, obviously, highly rated one on Amazon. It is called the Costco, C-O-S-C-O car seat. It was under $100. Don't be confused with Costco. We did not buy it at that superstore. It's on Amazon. It's a brand. So there's also another brand that I've seen on social media that is, I think they have a Kickstarter. I would have to look it up. But they make a car seat that's like super, super slim line and can be folded up. So it's not very padded. I don't know how comfortable it would be. It's more like ergonomic looking. Um, I think it's pretty expensive. So and I'm not sure if they're even selling them or if it's a Kickstarter. But they look really cool. Something to look into. Keep your eye out for. But yeah, just I would get a cheaper, minimal car seat that doesn't weigh very much. Light. Light Light. Because we took a car seat once that was not light and that was not fun. Not light strollers and not light car seats mm-hmm. are the bane of your existence when you're going through airports and getting on planes. So mm-hmm. um, if you're going somewhere for a long term, not not the end of the world, but if you're going, yeah. yeah. 
You get it. You all get it. Uh, question number two from at Casey Gregerson. Thanks, Casey. How has your travel-related business been doing since COVID? So we actually, in the last episode, answered questions about what we were doing with our Airbnb. So if you're interested in that and you haven't listened, you can go check that out. Um, that is a travel-related business for us, so we won't dive into that. But if you're asking about EPOP, which is obviously a travel website, a travel podcast, mm-hmm. um, how is it doing? I mean, let's put it this way. Financially, uh, people aren't traveling, so a lot of the stuff that we made money off of, eh, it's not doing so great. Yeah. That being said, we are putting out more content than normal because we have our quarantine diaries plus our regular mm-hmm. podcast. We're having more fun with it. And I think for us, it's been one of those things that it's out of our control. Like we know that we have a loyal, amazing mm-hmm. EPOP community that we've taken a long time to build. And so for us, it was never a question of, oh, are you just going to stop doing stuff because the ways that you make money, that's not working right now? No. We just say, hey, we're going to keep doing it. It's out of our control. We have to roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. We have to keep a positive attitude about it. And there's people in a lot worse situations than we are. Absolutely. I mean, we're not really diving into any specifics with it, I guess. But, you know, we've obviously lost some affiliate income and podcast sponsorships because the companies that we work with whom we love and still support, uh, you know, they are small companies. So they're not able to continue with those things right now. Hopefully in the future, we'll get some of those back. But we have been able to, you know, pivot a little bit with our business, come up with some new ideas and do some other type of work that, you know, are keeping us afloat. We also did apply for the payment protection plan. This is, you know, kind of technical thing, but, you know, we do not qualify for unemployment because we can work from home and our business hasn't changed in that way. (laughs) But, you know, there are things that are helping small businesses like that loan. And um, if you're able to help, you know, apply for that, I don't know if there's any even left now at this point, but, Yeah, so we've done some of those things. Yeah, and Casey, one of the things that we did do as well, as Heather mentioned, pivoting, um, a lot of you are probably familiar with the fact that we have another uh, company and brand called Location Indie, and that is about helping people build location-independent lifestyles. A lot of that is because people want to travel more, but it also has a big focus on remote work. And so, hey, people can't travel right now, but remote work has absolutely blown up as mm-hmm. far as being, you know, on everyone's mind. And so one of the cool things that we were able to do is we have a program called the Lifestyle Launch Academy. And mm-hmm. it's all it's a brand new course. And it's all for people who are saying, hey, I eventually want to escape my nine to five. And I want to build a business that allows me to travel anywhere I want when you can travel, you know, be more fulfilled, do work that you love. And so that was originally supposed to come out in July and we pushed that way ahead and it actually came out in April and we have our first cohort of students going through that. So that's been super fun. Um, And so, you know, it's kind of one of those things where maybe one thing takes a hit, but some other stuff we've said, hey, maybe we can push this ahead quicker and people are more interested in saying, oh, I like this working from home or this has helped me maybe rethink what I do want mm-hmm. to, to do right. when this quarantine's over. And one of that is I want to build a business that eventually allows me to leave a nine to five. So um, in that manner, that stuff has become maybe more vital for people, whereas, you know, financially, the travel stuff and the products that we recommend and the sponsorships, those have taken a big dip. Right. But hey, it's small companies as well. We're a small company. Mm-hmm. We still support all those companies Absolutely. that you've heard of. 
um, over the years, and uh, we just want them to stay, be able to stay in business so that they can come out on the other side of the quarantine, and we can all get back to life as normal. Yes, or exactly. <laughs> not exactly normal, but, but the you know, new normal. The new normal. Number four? Number four? Number three. Number three, sorry. How long will you wait to book an international trip once this is over at a at KT Chapman 9? This is a good question. I, I want to hear Heather's <laughs> answer because I don't know. I know. I'm very reluctant to travel by plane uh, right now. So I'm not sure if I'd be willing to travel internationally until there's a vaccine. But I, I don't know. This is just a guess in my estimation. It would I would have to see how the next couple of months play out. Yeah, I, I am a little more... Frivolous? I, I don't know if frivolous is the right word, and neither is flippant, but those both were the only two words that came <laughs> to my mind. I guess I'm more apt to say, hey, I'm going to go and do this. And even that being said, I'm still feeling a bit cautious, mm -hmm. and that's not my normal no. state. So I would say that, you know, as we're recording this right now, we're in the middle of May. I don't see us traveling internationally until at least middle of September. And that's mm -hmm. probably when I'm saying that now, I don't think we will travel in the middle of September internationally, but I can't see any way that we would want to or would risk it um, unless there was something unless something happened that kind of forced our hand. And right now you know, we don't have any family members, anyone we know living internationally where we have to run and help take care of them. So at this point, um, because for us, it would just be for, for pleasure. I don't really see it happening until at least mid-September. And even then, my guess would be, like, if if I had to say when I think our first international trip would be, I'd say maybe mid-November. And if not mid-November, then probably into 2021. I think 2021. But so, I don't know. We'll see. We'll it is, see what we're happens. We're just trying to get information as it mm -hmm. comes. I, I do feel a little bit safer traveling domestically and that's not because i think the u.s is handling the situation better than other countries i think it's just a case that you know we can get in a car and we can do certain stuff we don't mm -hmm. always have to get in a plane if you do get in a plane it's not as long a flight things yeah. like that i i just think that uh, because we have kids i don't want to put my family at risk i think if it was just trav and me i would be more apt to go somewhere yeah but because we have kids now, I'm just playing it really safe. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I even you know, have this discussion. itching at the chance to get on a plane. However, I would be willing to road trip and we might be planning a road trip for the summer soon. I had, yeah, I just had this discussion with my buddy Brian, who is hopping on a plane. It's just him and his fiance. Congratulations, guys. Um, and they are coming from LA to Boston and Boston to Florida. And, you know, he said, oh, I feel okay on a plane. I just said, yeah, if it was just me and Heather, maybe I would. Mm -hmm. But with the kids, it's just a different mindset. And so, yeah, as Heather mentioned, I, I feel a little more comfortable road tripping than hopping on a plane. And so, luckily, we and if you guys haven't listened to our road trip podcast that we at Quarantine Diary, you can do that because we did talk about why we love road trips <laughs> and some of the ones we'd like to take. So, sure. we're, we're, we're tentatively planning one for the summer. All right. Number four. Worst fight <laughs> you have ever had on a trip. This comes from at Alex Fain and at our friend Mac from The Sweaty Traveler. Um, she actually asked us this question on her podcast. Mm -hmm. If you haven't listened to The Sweaty Traveler, go have a listen to that. Mac's podcast is great. Uh, brand new podcast. Uh, she's getting a lot of love and, and we love her. And she's she's 
hilarious. And she, we are interviewed on our podcast. And when that comes out, she asked us this exact question. But we'll give you a little sneak peek. Yes. Worst fight you have ever had on a trip. I think the fights that we've had in Paris are probably the worst ones. Can you think of any other ones? I, the one that comes to mind because oh, we... Oh, the one in Colorado. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. I think the Colorado one takes the cake because I was also going to say the one in Paris. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's on the Sweaty Traveler podcast when mm-hmm. our episode comes out there. So you can hear that whole story. Let's talk about the Colorado one. Yeah. This is not my finest moment. Also not Heather's, but I. it was me who started this whole thing. Yeah, I don't think we need to go into great detail, but we'll lay the, we'll lay the, groundwork. <laughs> the groundwork for this scenario. We This is unfiltered luck. Yeah. And we were, it was Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. It was Oktoberfest in, in Breckenridge, Breckenridge, Colorado. So, so we're at 10,000 feet. Mm-hmm. We have some beer at mm-hmm. Oktoberfest. Yes. I was the designated driver that day, so I was not really drinking. I think I had like one beer and then a couple hours later, you know, we we were staying downtown for most of the night. So I was not really drinking. Trav, however, was drinking a lot. And, you know, he was with some of our friends. So things were getting like a little crazy and just very fun and exuberant. And Trav's not really a big drinker. So, you know, when things get a little wild, it's not like his tolerance is that high that high and also we're at altitude so it makes things a little more exacerbated in that manner and then to top off Oktoberfest he then went out to one of the local bars where there was the one of the our one of our (laughs) friends is the owner of Breckenridge Distilling and everyone at this locals bar thought it was cool that they were buying him shots of his own bourbon like oh I'm gonna buy the owner shot of his own bourbon you know whatever he didn't want to take him he was giving them to me I didn't want to take them, but I was like the last chain in line. There was mm-hmm. no one to give them to. So I ended up taking a shot or two of his bourbon. And After then this, drinking beer this group bought so. like Jägermeisters. Again, Lich and I, the, the guy who owns breakfasting, didn't want to take it, but we took like one or two. I was not in great shape. We went to a Mexican restaurant. I could barely keep my head off the table. Apparently, I was just shoveling food in my face and, oh, yeah. and making it a It was scene. a bad scene. So Trav then at this point of the night, it's like 9 p.m., He's getting belligerent, and I have to drive him and three of our, uh, my sister and two other friends back to our house that we were house sitting at in Breckenridge. And Trav is just being belligerent to the point where, like, I have to stop the car because he's in the front seat and he's like heckling me and like challenging me. I was more, to be fair, unfortunately, I was more heckling a friend of ours and. You guys, if you listen to podcasts, you know it's Napkins, and he's like one of my best friends and one of the nicest guys ever. So why Trav was like... I don't know. I was just giving him a hard time, picking on him, picking on him, picking yeah. on him, and... Uh, and I had basically said enough is enough. Trav challenged me. I had to pull over the car. You know, there might have been some physical action. <laughs> not on my part. <laughs> on uh, my part. And Trav's like, I'm out, and he gets out of the car, and it's like, you know, 10 o'clock at night at this point on the side of a mountain where he has to like hike back to our house. And I'm really worried about him, obviously, because we've just had a huge fight in front of all like three of our closest friends. And it's really uncomfortable. And I'm upset and Trav's so pissed and obviously not reasonable. So he's just going to like hike up the mountain to get back to our house at 10 o'clock at night in the pitch dark, incredibly inebriated. And so I go back, I drive up the mountain <laughs> 
I drop off our friends. I totally forgot. I come this. back and I'm like crying. I come back down trying to find Trout to make sure he hasn't, you know, misstepped and hurt himself or just caused a scene or the police have come because he's like trying to go to a house that's not even ours. Who knows? We were house sitting. Very, yeah, so. very stressed out. So anyway, I, I come down and I find him and he won't get back in the car with me. He's so mad at me. He just is like walking up the mountain and I just slowly drive the car next to him to make sure that he gets back to the house in one piece. We get to the house. He goes into a completely other room, doesn't speak to me and goes to passes out in a different room. And we don't speak until the next day. Worst fight we have ever ever had it was horrible now you all know wow yeah <laughs> and you've never been that drunk again ever and i mean that's not something that we that normally happens no. in our life so no. <laughs> yeah i, I was being a punk <laughs> there's stronger words i could use we'll keep this family friendly but i was being not a nice person yeah. and uh but yeah she drove next to me because i wouldn't get in the car for at least 45 minutes because i had to hike up this mountain mm-hmm. and uh uh, anyway, it was a scene. Yeah. All well, right. We've all had bad moments. Moving. Uh, can we just say that there's a time in Paris, if you listen to the podcast on the Sweaty <laughs> Traveler, where Heather flipped me off. So uh, <laughs> we each have had our moments <laughs> here and there. Um, 20, or excuse me, not 20, 20 overall, but yeah, number five number for this five. show. The most overrated place you have been at Alex.Fane. Wow, this is a great question, too. Mm. We almost made this into its own episode because yeah. I was like could we each name three overrated places we've been but well, I, don't I was know. having a little hard yeah. time thinking of that so I'll just give I'll give the answer of the place that was the biggest disappointment to mm-hmm. me which and I know what the answer is I think which I guess would maybe then classified as the most overrated yeah so is it Venice for you oh okay oh. well then what were you yeah, gonna say I was gonna say Penang Malaysia oh Penang Penang, Malaysia, we had super high hopes for. It was our very first backpacking trip. And, um, you know, it was the end of an 18-day backpacking trip. It rained three days. Everyone said, you're going to love this colonial town of Georgetown. It's so great. You know, the food's so amazing. The food was good. But we just, for three days, we just did not have a great time there. The weather was horrible. There's not much to do. It wasn't a quake colonial town. It was like a falling down colonial town. And uh, we ended up. What, like one of the highlights of being in Penang, this tells you how, uh, how you know, rough of a time we had. Not rough, but how boring of a time we had, was that we went to a movie theater and watched Blade Runner or something like that. Some sci- Tron, I think it was. Tron. Some sci-fi movie. <laughs> that we have no interest in. <laughs> in a movie theater just because we were like, yeah. we have nothing else to do. So uh, that was pretty... It was disappointing because everyone told me that's going to be the highlight of your trip to Southeast Asia, your first one. And it was our low light. Um, But I will agree with you then. Well, I will. Venice for me. Mm -hmm. I there's so many cooler places in Italy that I don't care if I ever go back to Venice again at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of one for me that's been super overrated and. Uh, the only one that I can think of, and I don't even really want to say it because it's in my favorite country, but we went to Croatia, and we've well, we've been there multiple times, and for the first time, we went to this area called Istria, which is in the northern part of Croatia, and our friend Nick, who's been on the podcast a lot, and he um, lived, he right now is in Sarajevo, um, is a U.S. diplomat there, so he's been to Croatia a ton of times, and he's like, you guys are going to love Istria. Now, he said it's the Tuscany of Croatia, which it is. It is. 
But when I think of Croatia, I think of my favorite spots, which are more like the islands and the Dalmatian coast. So that being my favorite part, I was thinking, well, maybe I would like Istria more than my most favorite place in the whole world. I, I, di I didn't and I don't. I mean, Istria is still really wonderful and I would love to go back, I think, when I'm not pregnant because if it's the Tuscany of the world and it's all about wine, I couldn't drink wine when I was there. All I wanted to do was sit at a beach and that wasn't really what we did there. So for me, Istria. That, that's a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. But was, I still love it. We in liked a way. it. Yeah, we liked but it. We expect, because we had liked so much of other parts of Croatia so much, mm -hmm. so much before this, we yeah. kind of assumed, like, whoa, if we like Istria, even more this is crazy like yep. this could be one of the best places we ever been in the world yeah and it just was fine yeah but that would be overrated to us i then. guess so great question alex fain thank you guys for listening uh this is our quarantine diaries coming out every monday wednesday friday on igtv also on the podcast feed in addition to as heather mentioned last time this is four shows then because in mm -hmm. addition to our regularly scheduled EPOP podcast, which comes out every Tuesday. It's a longer form podcast. Sometimes it's Heather and I. Sometimes it's me interviewing a guest. Um, we've had a lot of cool guest interviews mm -hmm. over the last couple weeks, and we have a few more coming up as well. So make sure you check that out. You can listen to that in the podcast feed. And we're going to ask you a favor. If you listen to three or more shows, do we're us a favor. We're calling you out. We're calling you out. Do us a favor. Leave us a review. We're trying to get to 1,000 iTunes reviews. We had, last I checked, 581. That could have gone up, um, but we're trying to go to 1,000. So all we need is 400, That's what did it. I say? 419 people to go and leave a review. That's not that hard. There are thousands of you listening, um, tens of thousands even. So please, uh, if you listen to three or more of the shows and you like it, just do us a, do us a solid go. Leave us a review. We're pumping out a bunch of content for you all. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Quarantine Diaries, and then the regular scheduled one on Tuesday. Um, we'll be back in the next Quarantine Diaries continuing to answer these questions. So everyone who submitted a question, thank you. It's been super fun. Yes, we love it. We love it. Chat with you all soon. All right, bye.